Is there a reason that Russell Wilson should now be moving up draft boards? Which Rams running back is going at the correct value? And which AFC North sophomore sensation could be in for a big 2020? Plus, the $500,000 grand prize winner in the 2019-2020 world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge, Austin Martin, is here to discuss what it was like sweating out the Super Bowl, what he thinks of the Vikings receiver's current ADP, and more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Your reps and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Hey, thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of the Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts tuning in tonight. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going <clears> to <throat> excuse me, take a look at a young AFC South running back that might be a steal in FFPC drafts who we believe the number four tight end should be off the board this season. And $500,000 playoff challenge winner Austin Martin is going to join us to discuss some dynasty rookies and FFPC draft values right now uh, coming up in the show. Austin, actually, in in addition to um, winning the world-famous playoff challenge this year, along with his uh, co-manager Seth Kaler, um, has jumped into several FFPC drafts, so he'll be able to give us some insight on where players are going, trends he's seeing, so on and so forth. I apologize, uh, Blog Talk Radio does not have the chat room going tonight. However, uh, we're just thrilled that you're tuning in and listening. Um, give us a call if you want, 347-426-3682. You can ask your questions right on the air, 347-GAME-OVA. football at gmail.com is where you can send those questions to us, our producer and mutual friend Rob, our audio engineer Bryce, uh, and my best friend. We'll get uh, those questions uh, to us later in the uh, fantasy feedback segment, uh, tweets at HSFFO or at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Austin is on Twitter at AustinRMartin84. Uh, so certainly uh, give us a shout out there, and uh, we'll get to him tonight. It's, it's, um, it's coming up to the time of the year, Dave, when it's um, – I don't want to say it's dead because we're, we're going to be transitioning into dynasty here shortly. We're going to be transitioning into free agency shortly. So while there's not a lot of quote-unquote news to report, we still got a lot of draft stuff to talk about. Yeah, Dynasty's already heating up, actually. People are really excited about this rookie class. It's supposed to be super deep all over the place, so uh, I'm pretty stoked. At what point do you start really researching uh, the rookies uh, for, for your Dynasty drafts, which you did so well in last year? Yeah, in you your don't need to it. Thanks a lot. Well, I'm pouting. Listen, people want to know. Um, do you start, have you already started? Do you know a lot of the prospects or are, I know some of the top names? I've not really done a whole lot of scouting yet. Still, uh, 
still just enjoying the aftermath of the Super Bowl. Ah, yeah. How, how did you uh, – <laughs> do you want to tell your Patrick Mahomes story or no? I mean, it's not a huge deal other than that I had uh, – one of my larger prop bets of the week was I had 500 bucks on Patrick Mahomes under uh, 34 rushing yards at even money, and uh, he had 44 going into the last series, and then they backed it up and ended up with, I think, 29 rushing yards. Yeah. That's great. We did not tear up the tickets. That was uh, – you know, I was happy about that. You were out in Vegas for that. Did you see people, like, you know – rushing to the garbage can to pull out no, their slip? No, nothing no, like that? Not that many people probably were betting that. And uh, it was a, it was like a, it was in the Julius Ballroom at Caesars, so it was kind of like a, it was a gambler's where they had gamblers in there. We yeah. like, you know, had good old Greg Sidoris. Uh, he hooked us up with some tickets, and, uh, yeah, it was great. You mentioned Dynasty Orphans. For anybody who wants to pick one up, they are going fast. Uh, MyFFPC.com slash Dynasty. You can check out all the uh, the teams available there. Uh, all the teams uh, listed with the rosters, the full rosters, and the picks as well. Uh, so you can uh, just click on the purchase button, make sure your FFPC account is funded, and then you can begin your reign today. Of course, uh, best ball drafts at the 35 77 and $250 uh, levels, all available at myffpc.com. Superflexes, uh, double-ups, everything is all going on there. So give that uh, uh, a look-see, and I'm sure you'll find something that you can spend your time doing. Um, also want to remind everybody that 2019 FFPC main event fifth place team owner Adam Krautwurst was on the high stakes lowdown this week. You can check that out at rotoviz.com slash podcast as well as Apple Podcasts and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Um, good stuff there from him, not only how he got so high in the main event, but he was in the first FFPC 250 best ball that we launched this season. That one just got completed on Tuesday, uh, so he had a lot of insight from that, uh, what, what, the draft strategy that he employed, um, what he saw in that. Uh, so you can check that out at rotaviz.com slash podcast. There was something else I was going to bring up, um, and now I can't remember what it was. But it's important. Our, oh, I know what it was. When um, Do we have an ETA on as far as announcing anything with the 2020 main event or Football Guys Players Championship, or are we still in a holding pattern on that, on both of those, I should say? Uh, we don't have any. Officially, the Football Guys is not released. And the main event... I think it was – I mean, I think the main event's pretty much – Half-million-dollar grand prize again. Yeah, I think the, I think it's going up to $3.9 million prize. That is, well, that's what I saw, yep. Yeah, so that's uh, – yeah, that's going to be pretty huge. It's all – and I think that's something that um, – Second place – second place check – second place might be $100,000. Yeah. I, I, which I think is a huge selling point. And, and um, you know, you think about this, I, I think a lot of uh, high-stakes players were initially excited about the $500,000. Um, I, I think – but, but, you know, people complain that it, it's too top-weighted or whatever. But I think if you look at the history of what the FFPC and, and the Football Guys Players Championship has done in these contests, typically the grand prize is raised, and then in the years that follow, everything sort of gets more leveled out. So I think that you can expect more of a um, that from the main event this year. We'll see what the Football Guys Players Championship. In any event, let's uh, actually talk about some fantasy football I want to thank football guys Roto World and Rob for tonight's rundown. Le'Veon Bell had a conversation with TMZ this week. Can't make this stuff up. He says things are fine between him and Adam Gase. Le'Veon Bell, the quote, me and Coach Gase had our exit meeting. It was fine. So we straight. Yeah, we good. This is not apparently the, the vibe that Adam Gase uh, was giving off uh, throughout this uh, season. He said that uh, Le'Veon Bell, or he did not, he did not confirm that Le'Veon Bell would be the starter in 2020 when he was giving his season-ending press conference. Le'Veon Bell actually turns 28 next, I think it's late next week, 
Uh, so he's getting up there in years. As far as what FFPC drafters are doing right now, Dave, Le'Veon Bell currently coming off the board at running back. Let's see, what number is he? He is the 19th running back being chosen at the 401. Listen, I know he was bad last year, but to get him in the fourth round as the 19th overall running back, I mean, it's, at that point, I, I think I might be scooping him up. Uh, I'm just looking at other players going around that spot. Devin Singletary, Chris Carson, James Conner. Mm. I mean, I'd rather have Bell than Conner for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't. Really? You'd rather have Conner? Yeah, I think so. Put five on uh, total points for 2020 season? I feel like we already have this bet going, but okay. No, we, de- we definitely do not. For the 2020 season, sure. we do not. Okay. I don't care. So I got, so I got five on uh, Le'Veon Bell. You have five on James Conner. I got five on Connor versus Bell. Okay, that's a good one. I actually talking about signing Marlon Mack to an extension. He's going right around a little bit later than that too. We are actually we, we still have Mark Ingram, Jonathan Taylor, Carryon Johnson. I mean Taylor, you don't know where he's going to end up. But, right. Yeah. But I mean, when you're drafting now, you have to understand that there's a little bit of projection that goes into drafting these rookies, and and you're going to have to balance that with knowing that Le'Veon Bell is probably going to be the uh, the running back, starting running back in, in New York, and you don't know where some of these other rookies are going. You have to be able to balance that out. So I think it, early in the fourth round, I, I can definitely get on board for that. Um, yeah. the, I guess the only thing that would stop me, Dave, is if I wasn't going running back uh, there or if they're – like I think I like Chris Carson better than Le'Veon Bell. He's going at that same spot. Um, Le'Veon I, Bell just continues to prove that he's a complete idiot. And <laughs> because really, he's talking to TMZ? Just in, no, just in, yeah, well, I mean, that amongst like, everything he does. I mean, he, he probably still smoking pot in the offseason. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets suspended for six games. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think I own him on one dynasty team. I'd love to give him away, but, I mean, he's not commanding much, much uh, in trade. I mean, right. he could have a good season. It's totally possible. I just – I really – He's one of those uh, bad vibes guys. You know, John Hansen on Fantasy Guru used to have good vibes, bad guy, bad vibes. He has a permanent bad vibe for me. So We actually, on my afternoon talk show on local radio, we brought up your flake scale today, talking about Odell Beckham. Uh, and Le'Veon Bell is, is definitely higher on that scale than Beckham. That's the other thing you have to weigh, too, is like the performance. They're too. pretty close. They are close, yeah. You have to weigh the performance along with um, – uh, uh, the fact that, that he could miss time for a non-injury reason, which is always uh, certainly frustrating for fantasy owners too. Yeah, Beckham's another guy who's always, and he's actually always really hurt or faking hurt or whatever he's doing. He's always got problems. And when's the last time he actually had a good year? I, I would say we said this before, 2015, what, 2016. Did, he had one of the best rookie years of any receiver ever, and then his, I believe his second year was was really boffo too. After that, it's not been good for Beckham. Yeah. Sheil Kapadia from The Athletic actually wrote an article this week about 20 bold predictions uh, that, that could be coming up this season for, for the NFL. And he wrote in there Odell Beckham being traded to the Packers. And I really don't, uh, I, I, I don't know why Green Bay would do that. I, don't, I, I think Cleveland probably values Beckham more than almost any other franchise right now. And that's why he's still on the Browns, you know, and, and, and we'll see what happens. I totally, totally agree with you there. Uh, we'll see what happens with, with year two of Baker Mayfield. But, again, Baker Mayfield in the new offense will, uh, you know, I, I, the jury is definitely out on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, moving forward, uh, let's talk about Russell Wilson. He actually told uh, Pro Football Talk on NBC Sports that he wants to have a more up-tempo offense in Seattle. Quote, I mean, we've always been really good at two-minute. We've always been really good in those end of the half, not always those hurry-up situations, but those up-tempo situations and moments. I think the freedom of just going for it and just scoring as many points, you know. 
Brian Schottenheimer uh, likes to run his offenses in molasses, and uh, that did not change last year. Although I remember several times, Dave, last season, what these exact circumstances, when Seattle would get the ball the last couple minutes of the half, Lockett was great, Metcalf was great, uh, Chris Carson looked pretty good, Rashad Penny, when he was healthy, he was, I mean, the Seattle offense looked really good when they go up-tempo, but for the majority of the games, they, they never did. So it's funny that he mentions up-tempo, but he doesn't actually mention passing more. I mean, I think everyone always wants them to pass more because he's an awesome quarterback. He also can scramble really well. Right. Um, so I, I, when I think of up-tempo, I kind of smiled because I was wondering if he just meant to, to get to the line so they can run again faster or you know, <laughs> just go ahead and you know, pitch it again and do, just do more of that. You don't, if he really means passing, yes, they should do that. I think everyone agrees that Seattle has been misusing Russell Wilson by giving him 19 pass attempts in certain games uh, for years now. What was DK Metcalf? He was an early second-round pick last year, right? Late second. Late second? Okay. Very well, late. even still, I mean, you're kind of misusing that draft asset when, when you involve he, you invest he that. He definitely performed. I mean, Metcalf uh, had a really fantastic rookie season, actually. He did quite well. Who would you rather own this season, Lockett or Metcalf, if you're going to pick a Seattle receiver? Didn't we talk about this, like, two weeks ago or last week? Uh, I think I said Metcalf no. the last time you asked. Okay, Lockett, I mean, you could have. I, I don't really remember that. It's all blurring together. Lockett at the uh, 604 right now is where he's going. Uh, DK Metcalf currently going at the 512. So very, very close, although Metcalf is going ahead of him. Here's a player that you brought up earlier. I think you said you preferred Lockett, if I remember correctly. Oh, my boy Tyler Lockett, man, of course. Blake Harrington royalty. Obviously, I'm going to prefer Lockett. Mm -hmm. Indianapolis stars Jim Aiello said that the Colts are working on an extension for Marlon Mack, who's coming up on a contract year. He is uh, scheduled to earn a little over $2 million in his final year of his rookie deal. Marlon Mack turns 24 years old in March, and he is coming off his first 1,000-yard season as uh, the offensive centerpiece after uh, Jacoby Brissett took over for Andrew Luck. 1,091 rushing yards, eight touchdowns in 14 games. Marlon Mack looking for uh, $8 million plus a year. Dave Marlon Mack going at the 412 right now in FFPC drafts. And to me... Uh, Indianapolis Colts offensive line really, uh, it, to me, is underrated. Not a lot of people talk about how, how good it was. Uh, I think the Colts offense is, is on the come up a little bit, and Marlon Mack's a big beneficiary of that. I like him at the end of the fourth round. All right, so I, you know, I was talking about Mack before, but he really only, he only had 14 receptions last year. I can't believe this. Yeah, well, Naheem Hines is still catching a lot of passes yeah, on that I, offense, too. I guess, I guess I can't get behind Marlon Mack with only catching 14 passes. I just, in PPR leagues, that means he almost no chance to finish as an RB1, and RB2 is even getting challenging. So yeah. I'm going to have to – I'm passing on Mac. I just didn't own him last year, so I right. kind of – I knew he had caught more passes previously. He caught 26 and then 33 in 2017. But, yeah, like you said, Hines is getting all that action. Why did, but Hines was on the team earlier. I, I wonder what happened last year. He was a he rookie just... in 20, 2018, but 2017 – Ah, who knows? I don't know. Well, even still, he was there in 2018, and Marlon yeah, yeah. Mack almost caught 30 passes. That is bizarre. I wonder what happened last year. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm sorry. I, 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 he had 26 targets in 2018. He only had 17 catches. My okay. fault. I misread that. Well, maybe he's just not a pass-catching running back. Then. Well, that's certainly what it seems like. Yeah. He's not a pass-catching back. So I'm, I'm going to have to – I'm going off, getting off that train. A guy who's going right behind him in drafts was a guy who finished as a RB1 last year, and that's Mark Ingram. You'd rather have Ingram in 2020 than Marlon Mack, right? Yeah, I don't see unless something changes there. But if nothing's changing, I mean that offense is going to be great. Um, I, I think Ingram is going to have another fine year. When's, where's James White going? Speaking of pass catching backs, he's going to play around later. Too late. Yeah, he is actually going at the seven oh seven, Dave. Yeah, I mean I, th- I I don't know I don't know where Marlon Mack finished compared to James White, but I'm guessing White out out 
stat at him. I'm guessing he was better in PPR. I might be wrong. No, I, I think you're right on that. But, yeah, White at the 707, give me all that. Um, you get into the rookies there, too, right after Marlon Max. So you'll have to make a decision, and uh, maybe we'll talk with, with Austin Martin, who's coming up uh, here in just a minute, uh, about what he thinks is, as far as Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins go, because they're going right around that Marlon Mack, Mark Ingram area as well. Last thing I want to get to, Derek Henry said that uh, Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott's contract is, quote, the floor for what he will be expecting with his next deal. Elliott, if you remember, signed a six-year, $90 million contract with $50 million guaranteed, $28 million guaranteed at signing. Somebody is going to be backing up the Brinks truck for Derrick Henry, Dave, and I know a lot of people are very excited about what Derrick Henry could do in 2020 after seeing what he did this past season. But I don't think I can get on board with him at the 108, which is where he's going right now, especially since we don't know what team he's going to be playing for. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. 108, that is, it is, you are paying kind of for the ceiling of, kind of for the ceiling of Henry. I mean, he could go a little bit higher, but without even knowing where he's going to be, uh, he will be the centerpiece of the offense. He's not a big pass catching back, but he runs the ball so yeah, tough to tackle, so superbly. It's uh, he's tempting. Tempting. Would you? I'm, I'm just gonna do a quick. Would you rather hear Derrick Henry or Joe Mixon? Um, <laughs> God, that's because Mixon's on such. I mean, he's he's yeah, on a rebuilding offense. Yeah, I know. He's going to get gonna more help. I might still take Henry, actually. I, and I know Mixon's a better pass-catching back, but I think Henry, I think, is just more talented. While we don't know where Henry is going to be next year, we do know that whoever pays him is going to want to use him quite significantly. I'll I tell will, you, I will say this. You have a, there's an 85% chance that the offense he'll be on will be better than Cincinnati's. Maybe 95% <laughs> yeah, that's, chance. That's a great point. So, I mean, the fact that you know where Mixon's going to be is actually not good for Mixon. It's right. better for Henry. Um, here's a running back that's going after Derrick Henry that I'd rather have than Henry, and that's Nick Chubb. I would rather have Nick Chubb than Derrick Henry. Well, he still has to deal with Kareem Hunt, though. Kareem Hunt's a, free, a restricted free agent, though. So he might, be, he might be gone, though. I mean, if someone signs him to an offer sheet, right. you know, they offer him that and you know, some pot, and he'll, he'll, I, he'll, I'm he'll. not getting involved in the whole drug aspect. <laughs> you know, I don't know if, if that's collectively bargained with the NFLPA. Yeah, I don't know. I think, well, we'll I guess I, I can hear you. I hear what you're saying with Chubb. Right. Uh, I don't think it's egregious to take Derrick Henry over him. It's just not something I would do. Uh, let's talk to somebody who's an expert in such matters of drafts. Uh, I want to bring in our guest. He's had multiple top three finishes in a ton of uh, national contests, numerous football guys, players, championship, and satellite league titles, as well as a main event league championship. But tonight, he's here to talk about how he and his co-manager, Seth Kaler, were able to win the 2019-2020 FFPC World Famous Playoff Challenge and the half a million dollars that came with it. Please welcome back onto these airwaves, Austin Martin. Austin, welcome and congrats, uh, champ. Uh, good to have you on. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Has it sunk in yet that you're a half a millionaire? <laughs> it it did this morning when it hit the account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose that it, it all just, you know, those, real. Are, those are just numbers on a computer, by the way. I could put a million dollars in your account right now. It doesn't mean you actually have anything. <laughs> all right, let's not, let's, not, let's not get into that. Yeah, but it's, it's awesome, dude. It's starting to sink in. Good. And it's good to have you, too, that you made some time for us. I know you're just on the Goat District podcast, too, so you're making the rounds in all these uh, <laughs> right. fantasy football podcasts right now. You're, you become the, the darling of the industry, Austin. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, 
I want to know, because you, so props obviously to uh, Seth Kaler, your co-manager on this, as you guys won this together, and you guys had a few teams in, in this playoff challenge. I, I want to speak directly about this specific one. Can you sort of take us through the process of how this specific lineup was built? And for anybody who is wondering, the winning lineup was Patrick Mahomes at uh, quarterback. The running backs were Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, Raheem Mostert. Uh, receivers were Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and DK Metcalf. Uh, tight end Mark Andrews, kicker Dan Bailey, and then the Buffalo Bills were the defense. So talk a little bit about how you guys came up with this specific roster. Yeah, um, so I think when you're building uh, rosters for this type of contest, you have to kind of tell a story, and um, you're you're building with uh, kind of starting reverse engineering, I guess, uh, from the Super Bowl. And in this particular lineup, uh, we built it with the idea that it was going to be uh, the Chiefs and most likely the Niners in the Super Bowl. So if those two teams are going to make it to the Super Bowl, um, we kind of felt like it was going to be Mahomes and then the Niners run game that would have uh, a lot to do with that. So um, Mahomes, obviously, you know, when you're going to get him at uh, a quarter of the ownership uh, of Lamar Jackson in this type of contest, uh, that seemed like a no-brainer to at least build um, a handful of teams with Mahomes at that kind of ownership. And then um, Mostert, you know, Kittle was the most heavily heavily owned player in the contest, I think, something like 78%, you know. So, so to get Mostert at 9% on a Super Bowl team um, when, you know, their success is so predicated on the run game, um that also seemed like a no-brainer to get a good amount of ownership. So um, we built it uh, based on that, and then you just go back and start with the wild card weekend and who you think are going to win those games and, uh, you know, pick players from those teams. So um, we went a little bit uh, against the grain um, to get lower ownership on most of the one versus ones. So we pivoted from Lockett to DK, uh, from Aaron Jones to Devonta Adams, and um, we went with Hopkins. This was the one team out of 10 that we went with Hopkins. And then uh, we moved off of Michael Thomas for Kamara. So we were able to fade the top five heaviest home players in the contest to uh, to make a unique lineup. So. Um, and then we also had Henry, who we actually thought we kind of thought we were going to get Henry at lower ownership, um, just with the Patriots being a favorite. He still came in at you know 45%, um, but we went uh, you know pretty much put all our chips in on the Titans beating the Pats. So. And it worked out that way too. Obviously, I mean that that was huge, Dave. I don't know if you saw this, but. Um, of uh, this is the biggest playoff challenge the FFPC's ever had, and it was like an 11 point victory. Like there wasn't. It, it, I was, again, I'm shocked that there were no ties with either this one right. or, or the football guys one. No, no ties in that. Um, stat changes went I through mean, today. No I don't ties, think it, but not, I don't you know. No ties in the top. You know, right. Top exactly. Yeah. yeah. There were. I've, you saw a few in the football guys divisional challenge um, okay. in the top 20, but by and large, I mean there was hardly any ties at, at the top of the leaderboard here. Nice. Um, so let me ask you this, Austin. So, you know, on that day, you're watching the Super Bowl, and you kind of knew it would come down to 
you know, you having Mahomes and I guess Jay Jones had Travis Kelsey. And you know, can you just walk us through a little bit what it was like watching the Super Bowl with that amount of cash on the line and you really couldn't do much of anything other than just sit there and watch it? Well, I'm glad I was on the side I was because otherwise it would have been incredibly frustrating because, you know, Mahomes' uh, success can happen with or without Kelsey, but it really couldn't happen the other way. So, um, you know, leading up to the game, we kind of looked at what kind of scenarios it would require for Kelsey to outscore Mahomes. And it, it definitely was a possibility, but uh, unlikely. It happened four out of 14 games in the regular season. So, you know, we knew it could happen, but we were a pretty pretty good favorite. So we really didn't have um, – I mean, I, I can't really say it wasn't a sweat because – that would be kind of kind of silly to say a half million dollars is not a sweat. <laughs> but we were in the driver's seat pretty much the whole game, um, you know, for Mahomes to come out with that rushing touchdown. Um, you know, we talked about uh, if that is how the game starts, that's, you know, that's going to put us in a real strong position. It's going to be hard for Kelsey to catch up. He's going to have to, you know, score at least two touchdowns and catch 10 or 12 balls to be able to make up that kind of ground. So we felt pretty good. So after Mahomes scored that touchdown, really we kind of moved to the, our next biggest threat was Debo. So um, we were keeping kind of closer attention to him than we were Kelsey at that point. Yeah, Debo was going, Debo was going off with all those rushing attempts. And, yeah, and, um, and, they, and they kind of went away from that, too, which, which was, was bizarre. But not, yeah. not just with the rushing attempts, but just him in general. Just was not a, a focus of, of the Niners for whatever reason down the stretch. When they blew it at the end. Exactly, yeah. Um, the, uh, the other thing, too, is I was actually watching the Super Bowl, Austin, with uh, Tupacker, our good buddy Tupacker. And right when Mahomes got that <laughs> touchdown, he's like, I guarantee you there's nobody who loves that score more than Austin Martin. Uh, he's got to be loving life right now after Mahomes ran that one in. I want to shift the focus, yeah. as, as exciting as it is to talk about uh, the Super Bowl, I want to shift the focus to drafts this year. You're already in a handful of drafts. Can you talk a little bit about, um, in the best ball leagues that you've been in, has there any uh, drafting trends that have stood out to you as far as, you know, you being a veteran of so many FFPC best balls? Anything different, anything weird popping up in the drafts you've done so far? I don't know if it's anything weird. I think it's just the you know, the trend towards RB heavy in the early rounds is, you know, pretty in line with what it was last year. Even it might be an, even a little bit, a little bit more severe. Um, you're getting uh, 10 running backs off the board, usually out of the first 12 picks. Um, so, you know, you've got to load up and it's really just in, at this stage, it's all because of the uncertainty you know, after the draft and free agency, a lot of these situations will be more settled. So people will feel more comfortable pushing those running backs up. Right now, there's just so much uncertainty with uh, situations. And, you know, these rookies don't have teams. So, um, you know, I do, I do these early best ball drafts, but they're, you know, a little bit kind of just to keep sharp on player values and ADPs and, um, you know, how people are valuing players um, and just kind of keep a good pulse on things. So um, RB heavy, but there's uh, there's so much good receiver value in the middle rounds, you know, rounds five through seven, where 
if you go receiver early, you're finding yourself uh, in those rounds looking, saying, you know, these running backs aren't looking very attractive, but there's some really nice receivers, especially in best ball. So, um, you know, it makes sense. Um, but I kind of I hate to follow the herd, so uh, it's a little bit conflicting. So what about a player like Todd Gurley? Uh, he was, uh, you know, pretty controversial last year. He actually did pretty well uh, overall, I would say. I would say. And uh, are you targeting Gurley? Are you avoiding him? And if you are kind of looking at him, are you favoring Malcolm Brown? Or are you going back to the Daryl Henderson? Well, everyone's Twitter. Everyone loved him on Twitter last year yeah. in the preseason, and then during the season, uh, not quite so much. <laughs> Yeah, guilty. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, hey me, know, me too, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think uh, what what we really got wrong about that situation was um, maybe giving McVeigh a little bit too much credit, um, not accounting for the loss of Roger Saffold. Um, you know, that offense didn't come through the way that we were expecting it to, so if Todd Gurley didn't score as many touchdowns as he did, he would have been a huge bust. Uh, but he, he scored a bunch of touchdowns. I don't have it in front of me, but um, he, he produced, he came through, um, what was he, maybe, you know, RB14 or something uh, thereabouts. So he didn't kill you, but he didn't win you championships either. So um, I'll take uh, Henderson or Malcolm Brown. They're falling. You know, Henderson's in the mid-teens, and Malcolm Brown's not even getting drafted sometimes. I took him in the 28th round in one of these drafts. So, you know, I'll I'll take him for free. Um, but I've got so much dynasty exposure. I'm not, you know, going out of my way to increase ownership um, when I know I already have some. So kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, with Gurley, they're talking about whether he could be a trade candidate or maybe say he's going to talk with the team. Maybe they're going to try and reduce his salary a little bit. Um, so all options are on the table yeah. according to this recent news. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and I could tell yeah. you right now, FFPC drafters are taking him in the mid-third round. Henderson going off in the early 14th, and then Malcolm Brown, as Austin said, he's late. 25.05 is his current ADP. So certainly, I mean, if you wanted to do a stack of all three Rams running backs, not you, too pricey. You, you could. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's not a heavy investment. So, I mean, that's something certainly you could look at as well. Speaking of uh, running backs uh, that, that were hyped up last season, I, I think we're seeing it again this year after his performance in the Super Bowl where he should have been the MVP. No offense, Austin. Uh, but Damian Williams, does he seem undervalued right now uh, when you look at where he's going in best balls? And to let the listeners behind the curtain here, uh, Damian Williams is currently going at the 609. I think we talked a little bit about him last week. So Dave and I have made our feelings known on him. But, Austin, what about you? Late sixth, does that seem uh, – Pretty pretty low for Damian Williams. Uh, it it might be. Um, you know, we just don't really know. Um, it's right now it's seeming a little less likely that the Chiefs are going to invest significant draft capital in running back uh, coming off a two touchdown Super Bowl. But you know, I I picked up a couple of dynasty shares recently for prices that I thought were pretty fair. Um, you know, that weren't too expensive where I'm not uh, giving up premium picks, you know, no first rounders. Um, but in terms of, you know, best ball right now, sixth, uh, seventh round, I did, I took him in one uh, earlier this week, I think late sixth. And um, it's just, 
if they draft a running back on day two, that's that's a huge problem. You know that you're losing, you're going to lose four or five rounds of draft capital there. Um, Williams will tumble. Um, but if they dodge a running back on day two, uh, he's going to move up. So I'm, I'll take him in round six, but I'm not going to chase him up, you know, when he moves up to round three, round two. I think that's the way to look at it, too. I mean, because he represents a certain value right now, and then his value might be gone after the NFL draft because then he might be going at a quote-unquote appropriate spot, and then there's, there's not a whole yep. lot of value there. So right now is, is the time to take the risk on him. Uh, and, and I think we've seen people do that over the years. You know, this is – have fun with it. It's January. Well, it's February. Uh, yeah. Have fun with it, and you never know what kind of value that you're going to get in. Right, Dave? Oh, absolutely, Bob. There you go. Have fun. Take some risks. And uh, above all, have a good time. That's the thing I always tell my, my kids when, it, when, I go, when I drop them off at school. I always say, I always say learn, learn a lot today. Try your best. Be kind to your classmates. Be a good listener. I love you. I'm proud of you. What's the most important thing? They always know to say, have fun. You really say all that crap? Every single day that oh, I drop them off at school. You're like a much better parent than I am. I am definitely not. That's pretty, pretty much the only thing good that I do. We, we just tell our kids to get out. Get out of because it's like they're older enough now where it's like, just get the hell out of the house. You're old, you know, because Ella's driving our oldest. Right. It's like, go. Yeah. Anyway. I, 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 I did feed him scotch and pizza for dinner tonight. That's so so that, I think that kind of reins me back into degenerate status. <laughs> it sure does. Awesome. So for anyone who's new to drafting in February, other than having fun and take some risks, uh, what are some pitfalls they want to avoid to make sure they're not, uh, not screwing up? Uh well, you know, it is. If you're drafting this time of year, you do have to have a little bit of fun with it. Um, I'm just trying not to get too locked in uh, on, you know, certain players at this point in the drafting season. I mean, we we almost probably shouldn't be drafting right now, but um, it is fun, and uh, you can get some you can get some value. You can get some good value. So I do like building some ownership, um, but I'm I'm kind of splitting up some ownership where I've got guys that I'm certainly split on um, where there's those situations will settle themselves, you know, over the coming months and um, we'll have a much better idea. So um, just kind of trying to spread it out a little bit and um, yeah, take a little bit of risk. You know, some of these rookies are going to move way up uh, where you're getting them in the fourth, fifth round. Some of these, you know, that are even going, closer to the double digit rounds are going to move up several rounds. So, um, but a little bit of the opposite too. So, uh, just kind of embrace the uncertainty and, uh, and have fun and take some risks. That's what it's all about (laughs) for sure. Um, Austin, you, in addition to playing, um, a, a lot of best balls, and obviously you being the, the $500,000 playoff challenge uh, co-champion, you, you do play some dynasty as well. I kind of wanted to pick your brain. You mentioned these rookies. Are there any sort of, you know, be it a rook, you know, running back or receiver, anybody, uh, a rookie that you're excited about drafting this year, both for dynasty and for redraft? Austin, do we still have you? We may have lost Austin. All right, Austin, give us a call back if you can, and uh, hopefully we can, we can get him back on. Um, Dave, you said you are not excited. Well, I, I shouldn't, I'm speaking out of turn. You said you're, you're not involved in, in the um, – you're not knee-deep in, in rookie evaluation at this point of the season, nor am I. Um, but I do know I can speak to, to a certain amount of, of the 
top rookies so far. And you I think you talk about the guy from Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor. That's what I was, I was alluding to the, the, the top three running backs um, that uh, that uh, that have sort of adorned the top of, of of rookie rankings as far as the FFPC best balls are. J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State, uh, Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin, and then DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. You are not going to believe this, but my favorite guy out of that trio is, in fact, not Jonathan Taylor. It's DeAndre Swift. I think we have Austin back on right now. And, Austin, before he lost it, I do apologize for that. Um, do you have any favorite rookies in this class, uh, be it one of the top running backs or somebody else? Um, I'm, I think we're still kind of sorting out the running backs. Um, and as far as the receivers go, uh, you know, I thought that, everyone was going to be all in on Jerry Judy and that I might be a little bit sneaky with CD lamb, but it seems to be kind of like now the chalky take that uh, I've been seeing the last couple of weeks here. So I'm not really excited about that. Um, after the first, you know, five, six, seven picks, I think um, there's a lot to be sorted out yet and the combine will help with that. And then uh, obviously the draft. So, um, I don't have a lot of real hot takes about the rookies. Um, I think it's interesting that Tyler Johnson is being uh, kind of passed over by NFL scouts uh, with the senior bowl snub and uh, then, then uh, backing out of the shrine game. So um, I'm kind of interested to see how that all plays out, but, you know, he was uh, being touted as an early first, uh, early first round pick coming into the year. And, uh, you know, as recent as a week ago, people were talking about mid-second and now, uh, you know, we're hearing maybe even, you know, falling out of that range into the third, fourth round. So it seems a little bit crazy to me, but um, I guess we'll find out more. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think about Tyler Johnson? Okay, so I'm, uh, this is, I wanted to throw it right back at you because you are in the heart of Tyler Johnson country. And, and I don't know if you, if you watch a whole lot of college football on Saturdays, but I think both him and Rashad Bateman were awesome, obviously, this year for Minnesota. Bateman is not in the draft this year. He'll, he'll probably be there next year. But, um, but I, I think Bateman kind of overshadowed Johnson a little bit, and I felt like not anything that Johnson particularly did wrong this year. I just think Bateman was so awesome, and now people are sort of looking at him and maybe unfairly penalizing Tyler Johnson a little bit for that. I don't know if you have any insight into that. Well, it, it does feel like that a little bit. And, you know, right or wrong, uh, you know, Bateman was outstanding. He was, he was incredible. So, you know, that shouldn't take anything away from Tyler Johnson. But um, it is a, it's a really deep wide receiver class, too. So, uh, you know, is he a third, fourth, maybe fifth-round pick? I it it really it's tough to say, um, but there is uh, at least a handful of receivers I can say I know for sure I like better than him. Um, but uh, you know I'm not going to go out of my way to to overpay for him either. If, you know I just kind of want to know where he's going. I, I would say like late second round, not necessarily for Tyler Johnson, but late second round, early third round picks in in dynasty this year. Oh, man, you you could still get some really good receivers at that spot. So th those are going to be very attractive picks, m much more attractive uh, than they have been in in previous years, no question. And I think Tyler Johnson is is a name that we should all keep in mind when that spot in our rookie drafts come up. I want to get to a couple of emails here for you, Austin. That came in. First one's from Frank in Hickory Hills, Illinois. 
He writes, hey, Austin, Stephon Diggs is only going one round ahead of Adam Thielen right now in FFPC drafts. Shouldn't Thielen be going later, given his health and production in 2019? Congrats on the big win. Thank you, Frank, in Hickory Hills. Uh, Again, this is another good Minnesota question for you, Austin. Diggs versus Thielen. I I guess I'm sort of of the the mind that the Diggs should be going more than a round ahead of Thielen. How do you fall in on this discussion? Well, I mean, is is uh, Stephon Diggs going to be a Minnesota Viking next year? I I don't know. <laughs> um, they they just don't use him the way that that they really should, in my opinion. And um, there does seem to be a little bit of you know uh, overall unhappiness, I think, uh, with Diggs. But uh, I don't know. I'm not inside the building, so I think that can get a little bit overblown too. Um, <clears throat> So they're so they're going fifth, sixth round. I think those are both pretty good prices for for both of those guys. Uh, I don't see a lot of difference just in the way that they're used um, in the offense. I think Diggs is a better uh, a better NFL receiver, but unfortunately, you know that doesn't always translate to fantasy. So um, you know that's why he's been a little bit of up and down, even with uh, feeling out of the lineup. So. Um, you know, I don't know. I think it's I think it's about right to be honest. Okay, Dave, do you have a, an opinion on Diggs versus Thielen? Uh, it, you know, Diggs in the early fifth and and uh, Thielen in the early sixth seem about right to you. Oh uh, yeah, I mean it makes sense. Okay, you're not terribly excited about either one though. Um, no, no, they're fine actually. I don't, I'd think they'd be fine fine picks actually if I took running backs early. I would have no problem taking either one or both of them. Oh, uh, there you go. Uh, the, that the the old Minnesota stack. Try it out in best ball drafts this year. It used to cost you a second and a third. You know? <laughs> yeah, so it's that's a lot, true. lot cheaper now. It's all about having fun and taking some risks, and you definitely could do that with these Minnesota guys. Hey, uh, one more email I want to uh, slam in here. Terry in Carlsbad, New Mexico. Yo, Austin, are FFPC drafters making a mistake in letting Carrion Johnson slip to the fifth round? Thank you for the email, Terry. Uh, on Johnson missed most of last season uh, on injured reserve, came back for that, I think it was the last two games. Of, no, it was just the last game of the year, I believe. Uh, no, it was the last two games, excuse me. Uh, week 16 and week 17, he came back. Looked pretty good. Bo Scarborough looked pretty good, too, for Detroit last year. And you get on Johnson right now in the mid to late fifth. Austin, is, is that a mistake that, that FFPC drafters are going to look back on and say, but why were we letting this guy slip this far? He's awesome. Uh, I don't know. I've not, I've not been a huge carry on guy. Um, he's, he's okay in that spot and I might own him a little bit. I I haven't drafted him yet and I've passed him for other players that I like there. And I don't, you know, I don't think I'm going to get beat by carry on there. Um, but I can't say it's an awful pick either. Uh, there's, there's a little bit of upside, you know, at that price, um, he was going, you know, if, if he ends up with the role that he was supposed to have last year, uh, by the time August rolled around, he was going into the uh, late second, you know, right at that two, three turns. So, you know, um, two rounds of value, if you want to look at it that way, that's not bad. I can get on board. I can get on board for that, uh, for sure. Austin, uh, now you've seen some real drafts go off. Can you give us a player that you feel is, is going to be overdrafted in 2020 and then a player that you have been or will be targeting later on in the mid to late rounds? You know, I honestly, as far as the targets in the late rounds, um, I think a lot of that is 
you know, pretty uncertain. Um, I don't want to, you know, get too locked in on, you know, late targets and all that right now, but just as a general strategy, I think it's, it's just kind of almost humorous every year. It happens with the quarterbacks. Um, you know, they just get pushed up and pushed up. And, you know, in some of these drafts, Lamar Jackson's going in the first round. It's just kind of crazy. Um, I actually took him in one draft at 311, and I, I don't think that we'll see that again. Um, so I, I do have one share, but it's just amazing to me, especially in best ball where, you know, you can just take two or three guys and make it work. And uh, you need to load up on these other positions. So I'll just continue fading the early quarterbacks um, and a lot of times pushing the tight end back too. So um, I'm okay with Kelsey and Kittle, but um, after that, pushing back. All right, so I got a question for you. you know, there's, I have a couple of quick uh, finisher questions, but you know, you and Seth, how, just curiously, how long have you guys known each other? How did you guys meet or whatever? Um, do you mind sharing that with us? <laughs> uh, I met Seth through uh, my cousins, so they work together. So we um, met, met each other through fantasy. I run a 14-team dynasty that I started uh, six or seven years ago. So that's kind of how we – linked up and uh, just had some mutual interest and uh, started running dynasty teams together. And, you know, that turned into uh, a few main events this year and the playoff contests. Um, actually the main event was the result of uh, last year's playoff contest. So, you know, we had, we had one credit and then uh, went in on a few more and kind of rolled that over to the playoff contest. And here we are. Nice. That's a cool story. So, uh, that, so then I assume, first of all, I guess, do you have any idea how he's going to spend the money? And then also, can you tell us how he's oh, going yeah. to spend the money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're still still working on uh, ways to spend the money. I don't think we're going to have too much trouble with it. But um, I did want to <laughs> ask Balky. I did want to ask Balky if he had any tips if my carbon monoxide detector beeps yeah, due to low battery. Oh, this is hilarious. This No, this is great stuff. Let's hear it. No, okay. I, now I have to let everybody know what happened. That's right. It was, it was the night before the Super Bowl, and we have a carbon monoxide detector. We've owned our house for eight years, and it, we've never replaced the carbon monoxide detector. Um, the battery it, or the whole thing? The, the whole thing. Okay. So what happened was it was going off every 30 seconds. My, my wife is like, well, fix it. Do it. You know? So I'm like, all right, I have no idea what to do. So what do you do? You rip it off the wall no. like a drunk person. No, you Google it. Oh. Like, what, what do you do oh, yeah, when this happens? Actually, maybe a better idea. So I Googled it, and then I'm trying to follow the directions. For, like, it's, hey, this is what happens when it's beeping every 30 seconds. You Cut the red wire? So then I'm, speed. I'm starting to mess around with the buttons on there, following the instructions on the Internet. And then my wife yells at me, you're going to ruin it. Just, just leave it alone. You're going to screw it up more. <laughs> okay, honey. I'm totally hands off. I was watching the Bourbon Tucky documentary on the audience network. I went back to watching that. It was great. So every 30 seconds, it would keep going it would, it would beep every 30 seconds. So then she calls the fire department. Fire department comes in. <laughs> she calls the fire department. Yeah, and so then they're like, uh, yeah, this is uh, um, uh, you need to replace this. It's, it's no good anymore. So we had to go out and buy uh, another one. Um, so that's, that's what happened. And then, of course, 
Um, my wife made the mistake of telling Tupacker this at the Super Bowl when we were watching this, and Tupacker thought it was hilarious. And now he's blabbing it to everybody, nice. and now everybody uh, on this show knows. Uh, so, so thank you so much, Austin. You're quite and, the man of the house. And I'll Bobby. tell you this right now: you can afford a carbon monoxide detector with that. Uh, your your cut of that 500k, no question. So there you go. Thank you so much for bringing that up. That's great. I'm glad I got the whole story now. <laughs> yes. Well, clearly. Hey, speaking of the whole story. First of all, I want to thank you for coming on this week. Uh, give our best to Seth. I know he had a prior engagement, couldn't make it on tonight. But this is not the last we will hear of you for sure this summer because we will be covering your draft in the Genesis draft live on this show coming up uh, later on in, in a couple of months. You drew, I believe, the seven pick in Genesis against a lot of 26ers, and I know they were all uh, you know, trying to get into the chat room tonight. To, to talk a, a bunch of garbage to you and telling you uh, how much they're going to destroy you. But I know, I know you can't wait to, to get it on with, uh, with this Genesis draft, uh, the fact that you'll be drafting in the middle against so many of these 26ers. Yeah, let's do it. Looking forward to it. That's awesome, dude. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Congrats on the big win. Don't be a stranger. We'll talk again real soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Austin Martin. You follow him on Twitter at AustinRMartin84. The 2019-2020 World Famous FFPC Playoff Challenge, $500,000 co-champ. Isn't that crazy to think? You know, we, we had how many games in, in the playoffs, Dave? There was um, 11, right? I think it's 11 total games. And in that span, won $500,000. Amazing! It's so crazy. I, I'm, I'm really happy for those guys. We, we're gonna have we're gonna tell a similar story with our guests next week, which I'll I'll get to a little bit later on in the show. But it's just, you know, I, I you know I don't obviously we can't play in the contest, but I can't even fathom what that's like to to you know like I'll just hop in here and throw 200 bucks in, see what happens, which literally was their team name. See what happens. Nice. And uh, then they end up winning $500,000. Crazy congratulations the, to the, them. The team building, when he was talking about that, was really interesting. I thought that was, you know, super insightful. And also, he made it seem so easy. He really, you know, <laughs> like, oh, well, we just did oh, this, and we okay. did this, and we did this. And then uh, it worked out, and next thing you know, we have half a million dollars. It does seem easy. But, seem I, easy. but the one thing, and, and I'll, we'll, we'll get into this more when we do the playoff challenge next year. The one thing I've heard from successful players in this contest um, – Marshall Sheff, Tejas Badawala, uh, guys who've done very good in this contest, former champs, they always go from, from the end and then back out. Pick your Super Bowl, know who you have to get the double points from the Super Bowl, and then you'll work your way back, which I think is what Austin did with this. Okay, 49ers Chiefs, Mostert, everybody's going to be on Kittle. Everybody's going to be on Lamar Jackson, everybody's going to be on Kelsey, let's take Mahomes. Um, and then he actually, he, he actually alluded to this, like part of the reason they took Derrick Henry is because they thought that they were going to get an advantage on a low ownership. And he was owned in like 45% of drafts. Now, I don't know, leaves. I don't know if that's because the Patriots came into the playoffs on a two-game losing streak and were vulnerable to, to a superstar like that at the running back position that he was that owned. But it is surprising to see a starting running back who was playing on a team who is going to be an underdog in week one of the playoffs as a six seed to be 45% owned. That's crazy to me. Well, when you have two running backs and then two flex options, and he was the number three running back in football, I think that a lot of people were like, okay, they'll be one and done, but he still might score 25 points. Maybe that's what it was too. Is, but, is, but being down though is rare. You know, a lot of times they're not running as often. So that's, that's Yeah, that's my point. I yeah. guess 
maybe it wasn't anybody's primary lineup. This was a, you know, and, and that's the other thing Austin brought up too, is like, well, we pivoted away. We didn't take Aaron Jones. We took Devontae Adams. Well, we didn't take George Kittle. We took Raheem Mostert. We didn't take Tyler Lockett. We took uh, DK Metcalf. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, it, again, it seems easy. There's a lot that goes into it. Congratulations to those guys. All right, moving on. Just I'm, The way he described it was it seemed easy, but it didn't, doesn't seem easy in real life <laughs> to me. <laughs> hey, Austin, how'd you do this? I don't know. It wasn't that hard. Yeah. Here's what we did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't inferring that it was easy. I was just saying he made it seem easy. I know, and that, that's, that's, that's what makes it so great. Um, all right, moving on to uh, fantasy, uh, fantasy feedback here. Uh, Dak Prescott seems a little too rich for my blood where he's oh, going. Can we play the song? Oh, do you want me to? I can. Sure. Sorry, I'll do it. I haven't done. I haven't. I haven't done it. Tweet, 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 tweet. If you've got a question for Eric, Dave, or tonight's guest, send them a tweet at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com or at HSFF Hour on Twitter. All right, back to Bill and Louisville's email. Zach Prescott seems a little too rich for my blood where he's going now. Or am I going to miss out on another great season if I wait on QB? Your pod is my fave. Thank you for the email, Bill and Louisville. I wonder if he plays in the KFFSC. Um, all right, so let's talk about Zach Prescott here, Dave. Um, coming up to, to a contract year, we, we saw the news today that Stephen Jones um, saying that he really wants to work this thing out with, with Zach Prescott sooner rather than later. But Prescott also kind of threatening to sit out uh, in order to get the deal that he wants. Sooner rather than later. He could have done it last year, you could, jackass. Could have done it last year. That's right. What an idiot. Going off as the quarterback six at the 7-12, Dave. Right now, Dak Prescott going right behind Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, but right ahead of Josh Allen, Jameis Winston, and Matt Ryan. Is that too rich for your blood to take Dak Prescott there at the end of the seventh? No. Why not? He was you, the number three quarterback last year, and the weapons are going to be about the same. Galv will probably be a little bit improved. Elliott's going to be there. You've still got Mari Cooper. And then you have Jason Witten. He doesn't even age. Yeah. No Jason Garrett, though. You got Big Mac McCarthy coaching him now. Oh, yeah. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it. Okay. So, anyway. No, I mean, you know, McCarthy, as much as I think he's a, a big dope, uh, I think that, you know, Rodgers did well. I mean, yeah. Brandon Rodgers. Could, one could argue how great Rodgers was, but he did well with McCarthy. I'll, I'll tell you this right now. I think one of the things that hamstrung Mike McCarthy towards the end of his tenure in Green Bay was his stubbornness, which can be a good thing and a bad thing. Um, that's not something I'm – and, again, once the bullets start flying for real, we'll see if Mike McCarthy has really fully adjusted and evolved into more of a modern play caller. But I think he's embraced that. He's, he's hiring the biggest analytics department in the NFL um, as soon as he took over. I mean, Dallas's wallet, yeah. Go ahead. So, well, yeah, I mean, you got Jerry money. Who cares? Yeah. Um, and, and so we'll see what happens there. But you know the biggest difference from the 2018 Cowboys to the 2019 Cowboys? No. Randall Cobb. What is he? Maybe gone? that's what it was for Dak Prescott could, last could be, year. Is he, he gone? He had, no, he's, well, he's a free agent. No. Uh, and, of course, my co-host today is like, uh, on the on well, the afternoon uh, Hey, maybe we should bring Randall Cobb back. No, we should not. I thought, I thought you meant about for the 2020 Cowboys. I'm no, no, no. But I'm saying Prescott obviously took the yeah yeah was it was a joke. It was a terrible one. My apologies. Yeah, well, on if I could one. figure out the year, I'd be better too. Right. Well, whatever. Uh, Eddie in Camden, New Jersey, assuming that he has a healthy offseason, do you two see Marquise Brown breaking out in his second year in the league? Marquise Brown, if you remember. Dave had that uh, foot issue, I believe it was a foot issue, and really didn't play a whole lot uh, in training camp in the preseason and then kind of 
came on with not much preparation and, and did really good week one. Didn't he have a, wasn't that like the four for 180 or something like that and two touchdowns? It was just crazy good. And he had a yeah. semi-decent season, I would say. I'm going to look up where he finished among receivers here in a second. But he's going off as wide receiver 36 right now at the 809. Man, I, I, I see breakout potential big time with Marquise Brown this year. You know, what? if he has a healthy offseason, I agree with you. He does have breakout potential. Uh, I just have him as receiver 46. He did miss two games, and he had some crappy games too. Part of the problem I get concerned with is Lamar Jackson's passing volume is just not really there. Uh, and I don't know if it's going to be there this year either. So then you're going to have a lot a of those hit or, hit or miss games. Um, I'm just looking at uh, average, you know, and I know we shouldn't be looking at average yeah, that makes per sense, game. Actually, you know, it's fine. But uh, as far as that goes, I still don't see him in the top 32. Which, man, I thought he had a better season than this last year. Maybe he didn't. This is <laughs> this is really. Really frustrating. <laughs> Shooting a hole in my theory here, Dave. This is uh, it's okay, Balky. Well, it, but but to your point, I mean, the whole Lamar Jackson thing was real again last year, where you know it just didn't have a lot of passing volume. Yeah, wide receiver forty-five by no, that's not accurate. That is not accurate. Fifty-one by points is what I have. Okay, and by average, it was forty-six. I, I thought, although it might be, you know, I'm not sure about the sixteen, seventeen week season. Doesn't really matter. No, I'm I'm doing uh, sixteen weeks. Uh, Fifty-one. Okay. For average, so yeah, that's not great. That is not great. And he had, he had, a, lot of, he had a lot of bad games too. He had thir- <laughs> he had thirty point seven week one. Then he followed up with a sixteen six. Okay, that's great. But then if you look at the rest of his games that season, he only had two games above an eighteen. Yeah, like three, like three more that were startable level. The rest, yeah, were pretty. It, Pretty not good. But, I mean, again, he's still a, one point one, one point six, two point eight. He was a rookie. I mean, if he got if he gets wide open like he did week one, uh, you know, he'll be all right. Well, he, he's, he's the type guy, of a basketball guy, right? Yeah, totally. He's like a rich man's Devery Henderson. <laughs> I, you know, I, has there ever been a player that we reference year after year on this show after he's been retired more than Devery Henderson? I don't ever reference. Him, I reference but, him but all the time. You do all the time. I reference him. Because of that, the whole best ball aspect of it. All right. All right, moving on. So hopefully that helps you out, Eddie, in Camden, New Jersey. Steve in Pittsburgh, dear Warwick and Mike, will the real Ronald Jones please stand up? He teased me with flashes last year, but it didn't seem like he was all the way there for fantasy. But now it's been hard for me to get away from him in the ninth round. Am I looking at a breakout or a breakup for him in the rest of my drafts? Appreciate you. That is Steve in Pittsburgh. Ronald Jones, another member of the Blake Carrington All-Star team. Dave, last year, he, um, he kind of came on. I mean, Peyton Barber finally showed who he was, which is an all-right player, but not a special one. Ronald Jones had, had a few special games down the stretch last year uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that should be a high-powered offense again next year with Godwin, Mike Evans, O.J. Howard, Jameis Winston going to be slinging the rock. Um, so, you know, you look at Ronald Jones, he's an interesting guy for fantasy, especially in the ninth round. Yeah, I think he's a player that if you take – if you're punting RB2, because assuming you take the running back in the first and then just go hit a bunch of other positions, Rojo's a good opportunity for you to, to have a, someone who could hit as your, uh, as your maybe third running back. But he was, what was he? He was RB number 25 last year. He was Correct. almost an RB2, so that's pretty darn good. Even I mean, last year, and he, he should be better this year. As much as he, like, we rip on his performance, um, five games of 15 points or more last year uh, in, in PPR. That's, I mean, for... For a second running back, I, I can I can deal with that. And in the ninth round, I for sure because you're not probably drafting Ronald Jones as your number two running back in the ninth round. 
Probably not. I, I mean, so for a number three, I, I yeah, sign me up. What would you take for him in Dynasty right now? Not necessarily in Carrington. If, I, if I'm selling or buying? If you are buying him, what would you give up? Mm. Would you give up an early second rounder? I was thinking mid-second. That's what I just came, popped into my head. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I don't, I don't know if I'd pay an early, an early second. You know, not – my my run, you know, we we I gave everybody the Blake Harrington updates throughout the season last year about how I was making the playoffs on smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, you know, because I had no running backs, all of a sudden my running backs, I have Ronald Jones and Raheem Mostert on. Yeah, they team. turned into good, right? They turned into good. What and would you, you have a bunch of you have a bunch of draft picks, rookie picks? I have three first rounders and three second rounders. So I'm oh looking forward God. to that, especially with this draft. My team is eroding. Um, well, listen, it ebbs, it's all about ebbing and flowing. Um. <laughs> What would you give up for if you were going to buy Raheem Mostert? Would you also give up a mid-second round pick, or is that not something that you would do for Mostert? I would given easily his age? pay the mid-second. You would, yeah, because he's getting up to the to thirty years old now, Dave. Mostert. Yeah, and they still got Tevin Coleman on that team. Oh, maybe I should research a little bit more. Well, I'm just, I, you know, I have Mostert, and I would like to deal him. So <laughs> I think I, 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 I don't I, think I have any seconds. I don't think I said it on this show, but I no, it was my afternoon show. I we were making our Super Bowl predictions, and I said Mostert would have two touchdowns before halftime, and he would no longer be on my Carrington roster by the time Shakira got off the stage. <laughs> That's funny. And and I I didn't send out trade offers, which I probably should have. So that was stupid of me. Yeah, he turns uh, 28 in April. All right, so I guess he's not that old. I mean, well, he's, he's getting up young. there. He's not that young either. But, but remember, he's a young 27 as far as tread on the tires because he, he, does, he does not have the normal pounding that a lot of these stud running backs have at his age. Oh, yeah, unlike, let's say, Ezekiel Elliott, who has 1,200 career carries. Around. Yeah. Well, God, what are you doing with him in Dynasty? Do you still own him in any Dynasty League? No, I traded him to Meyer last year for Christian McCaffrey. Nah, nice. Well, I get, so I gave, that's when I gave up Elliott and Keenan Allen for McCaffrey and uh, overpaid for McCaffrey. But he out- McCaffrey, by the way, outscored the number two running back by like 150 points. That's filthy. Absolutely draft, filthy. The draft positions next year is going to suck. Why? I mean, you know, for like the main events and stuff. Like, you know, if someone doesn't have the one pick, they're going to be bitch, you know, complaining well, about not having the one pick. Um, Darren Armani, who has all this great fantasy uh, analysis for all, yeah. everything FFPC, do you know where the, the main event champ, 12. the main event champ and the football guys champ yeah. both drafted at the 12 spot this yep. year? Yeah, there you go. And, and Darren Armani that'll be, said... That will be my, my copy-paste response. Right, exactly. And Dar- <laughs> Darren said, I, I, I think he, I, I'm going to butcher his tweet, but it said something like, so it's clear that you don't need a top three overall pick to be successful, except for maybe it makes you feel better, <laughs> well, which essentially true. it does. You know, that, it that's does, all yeah. it is. It's just a security blanket. Yeah. All right, final email tonight, Mike in Greensboro. If you believe there's a big three at tight end this season again, who would you guys put... As your number four. Thanks, gentlemen. That's Mike in Greensboro. Thank you for the email. So, first part of the question, Dave, is there a big three again? Is it Kittle, Kelsey, Ertz in any particular order above everybody else? Or is there a big four, a big two? Um, I probably have Kelsey first. I would, too. Ahead of, like, in his own little tier. Oh, okay. All right. And then Kittle in his own little tier. And then Ertz in his kind of mini little tier. Mm Mm-hmm. And then probably, I don't know, like Andrews Waller type guys. Those are the next two off the board for FFPC best balls. Andrews in the late third, uh, Darren Waller at the 405. Okay. Um, and then you get into um, basically in the next round and a half, Austin Hooper, Evan Engram, Hunter Henry. And two of those guys, by the way, Hooper and Henry, free agents. We don't know where they're going to end up, and people are still drafting Good them. Good players. Like really, and, you know, they're in the prime of their, totally in their prime of their career right now. What do you make of Evan Engram? 
uh, the guy who's in the middle of that, because this is, uh, you know, no, no Pat Shermer anymore. They have, um, God, who did they hire? It's that New England special teams coach. I can't think of his name. Um, but he's the guy that they hired as their new head coach. Jason Garrett is the offensive coordinator there. Nice. They, they still have, you know, Slayton's been, uh, Darius Slayton's been shooting up FFPC draft boards. People are really digging what they saw in him last year. Um, they, uh, they still have Sterling Shepard there, obviously, Saquon Barkley. But you look at, and Golden Tate, obviously. But you look at Evan Ingram in, in, at the 502. You know, if that guy stays healthy, that's a, that, that will pay off in the early fifth round. Yes, I agree, actually. But the problem is he doesn't stay healthy. And, and then it's like, well, is he missing two games or is he missing eight? And well, Daniel Jones will take another leap forward as a second-year quarterback. And he had, some, you know, he had some four- and five-touchdown games last year as a yeah. rookie. So, I mean, he's got some potential for sure. All right. So he looks like Eli a little bit, yeah, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, that, he face. does look a lot like Eli yeah. Manning. Um, the, uh, I, I think there is a big three. I think for my, um, my, um, four, I'm going to lean towards Waller more than Andrews, uh, because of the passing volume aspect. You know, there's a chance that Tom Brady's throwing to Darren Waller next year too. And we all know how much he loved throwing to the tight end in new England. Obviously that's a lot of speculation, but that could happen. He's not leaving new England. Come on. You don't think Brady is? Nope. He's going to be the starting quarterback week one. Yep. 30 million a year. That's what they're going to pay him. Yeah. Well, and, and 42 years old, I think maybe he's finally cashing in. Like, he's like, you know what, I, I, I'm going to get paid. I've been taking discounts all these years to get weapons on this team. He's too, he's too good for their brand. I mean, if, even if they don't win the Super Bowl, it's still, you, don't, you just don't want to part with that. I, I, to me, I just think it's just, you just don't. Who's the biggest quarterback to change teams this year if, if Brady doesn't? Is it, is it Rivers? Is it um, – because there's a ton of free agents out there. Cam Newton, Dak Prescott. Um, well, if Dak leaves, that's pretty big. I mean, Rivers is I, old, but yeah. I guess I'm I'm kind of putting it on you. Who do you think will leave? Is, is anybody? I mean, it's it seems it like that Rivers is going to leave. Yeah, so he's probably the biggest one, right? Cam very well could. It sounds like Cam. I don't. I, don't, I haven't been following that closely though, so I don't. What know. What about Cam to the Patriots and they let Brady go? I think that'd be probably. I mean, it might be a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I mean, you can't. You know, if Cam goes to the Patriots, gets hurt again, and he sucks, and then you know Brady goes and plays somewhere else and does really well. That, yeah, that would be really embarrassing for them. Um, I, I don't listen. We're turn, This is turning into sports talk radio fast. But I heard people talking about um, Garoppolo being traded back to the Patriots. You know, which which is weird because he almost just won Super Bowl MVP. Somebody asked Kyle Shanahan after the Super Bowl about how he feels about Jimmy Garoppolo, whether he feels as good, whether he feels good about him as their starting quarterback going forward. You know, how Kyle Shanahan answered that question. The first thing he says. I feel the same about Jimmy Garoppolo as I did prior to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a weird way to answer yeah, that question. Kind of like, eh, didn't really say yeah. Didn't say yes. Wasn't a ringing endorsement. You know, if Garoppolo didn't overthrow that one guy on that. Manuel season, Sanders. Yeah. yeah that would, the game, would, they would have won. Right? They would have won. They would have won that game. All you had to do is not blow the pass. Did I tell you? Oh, yeah, I played this for you. Um, I couldn't have completed When my kids were on our afternoon, uh, my afternoon show. My son said the final score would be Niners 20, Chiefs 10, and he was right with about six minutes to go in the game. Very impressive yeah. young man. And I'll tell you this. I went to the Buck Sixers game last night in Milwaukee, and I asked my daughter before I left, hey, what's going to happen? She goes, the Bucks are going to win by 11. 112-101 was the final. <laughs> Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah. 
quite Oh, my kid. I'm telling you. Amazing. That's going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for in, uh, indulging me. <laughs> hey, take some risks. Have, have fun. That's what it's all about. Yeah. I want nice to thank, I thank Austin Martin uh, for coming on tonight. Congratulations to him and Seth Kaler for being the $500,000 uh, FFPC World Famous Playoff Challenge champions. I want to thank Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and, of course, every one of you. Special birthday wishes go out this week to former show guests, both Tim Deneau and Jake Rickroad. Celebrating their 40th birthdays today. Well, we're doing birthdays. We're now. doing birthdays. Yeah. <laughs> so happy 40th to, to each one of those guys. Alrighty. And, and thanks to your patronage too. All right. Uh, next, uh, or excuse me, I should say this right now. The high stakes lowdown this week. I already said Adam Krautwurst, the fifth place team in the FFPC main event. Check that out. Rotoviz.com/podcast. Next week we will not have a show on Friday. We'll have a show on Thursday, and the guests will be Jim Cox and Jeff Everidge. And you say, Bulky, who are those guys? They're the guys who turned thirty-five dollars into $100,000 in the inaugural Football Guys uh, Playoff Challenge. They're going to come on next week, and we'll talk to them about how they did it, how they built their lineup, uh, and everything like that. Very excited to talk to those guys. That will be a fun show. Remember, Thursday night at 10, 9 central. Remember to pick up a Dynasty Orphan today, or two. There's, there's a few out there, myffpc.com slash dynasty. And you can, of course, jump in a best ball draft right now. Starting at $35, going all the way up to $250. Uh, plenty of action going on. Draft against Austin Martin and uh, beat the best or something to that effect. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Apologize for the chat, and we'll get that picture next week. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the floor, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. Not going to happen for like a month or so when we total up the board. The I got five on a board from, from last year. I Actually, if you go to uh, hsffhour.com, you can see where we're sort of at on that. Um, we actually have a few bets for 2020 already uh, this year that we made throughout last season. I didn't realize it. Okay. It's going to be a fun year. I think this is going to be a fun year, Dave. That's wonderful. I'm I, so I, excited. I, Your not, positive mental attitude has been it's really rubbing off on me. Yeah, not for us. It's going to suck for us, but for the players, oh, for the way. drafters, they're going to have a good time. Good. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you again on Thursday.